Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, Arsenal fans. Welcome along uh, to another 49 undefeated Arsenal London podcast. Uh, no Charlie Watts with us on this edition. Um... I'm Tom Marshall Belly. I'll be hosting the episode. Uh, Charlie is actually out in Australia at the moment for the first leg of Arsenal's pre-season tour, and we will be catching up with him um, during this week uh, at some point when he's probably had a, a decent night's kip. He actually he actually lands um, in, in Sydney pretty much more or less just before Arsenal's press conference. So my understanding is that he'll be going straight from uh, Sydney Airport through to the to the press conference where Arsenal Wenger will be facing the press so which is about 7 hours from now <laughs> yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be all pretty hectic to say the least so um you can enjoy that when it when it arrives in the early hours of the morning um if if you are going to stay up for that one um but we've got a podcast looking back at last week's announcement of Alexander Lacazette um the squad being announced for the pre-season tour obviously Arsenal go to Australia and then um on to China too and I've got two gooners with me to discuss everything in, in Charlie's absence. We've got Andy Ha and Kevin Burns. So good afternoon, chaps. Hello. Good afternoon. How are we feeling about Lacazette then? Kev, I know you are... If if you've listened to this podcast before, you can probably yeah. guess that Kev is not Alexander Lacazette's biggest fan, to say the least. Um, have you, are you prepared to maybe renege on your judgment a little? I don't know. I You see... I, I hope that I'm wrong. I really, really hope that I'm wrong. And I've been reading more and watching more of him over the last little while since it was confirmed. And I'm feeling I'm excited over it. And it's, excited to be proved wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really <laughs> do. Uh, it's exciting to see Arsenal spend fifty-three million pounds on someone. And you know, from whenever I've watched him, he's felt very wasteful to me. And I've seen more and more stats that he has like a very good finishing rate and everything. So maybe I've just happened to watch a whole load of his worst games. I don't know. But I do think he's going to take a bit of time to adjust. Uh, it's a pretty big step going from league and to, to the Premier League. It is. And not just going to the Premier League, but going to a club like Arsenal, where A, you're playing in a team that relies so heavily on this kind of controlled improvisation, uh, which can be kind of hard to learn. And be just arriving at a club with such high expectations for everything and arriving as the most expensive player in the club history. You saw how long it took Ozil to settle with that that label on him. So it's going to be interesting to see how Lacazette does. I I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Do you think he'll relish the challenge of that? he He looks like a player to me who is confident in himself and yeah. looks like he could come here and lay down a marker quite quickly to me anyway yeah I, I mean I, I'm excited I think for us to go and break the break our transfer record for like a proven goal scorer because um, it's been a while actually since Arsenal have actually bought someone where like, well a striker especially where you thought actually we're getting someone who guarantees us you know, a certain amount of goals and whether he actually proves us you know 
that he can score 20 goals in the Premier League or not. Um, it's still it's still an exciting signing because if you look at the market at the moment, who else is there who we can get? Who's you know? That, that was my argument completely. I, I don't see in my mind around if you're talking about a striker that is genuinely attainable. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not having Alvaro Morata over over Lacazette. I'm, I'm not, and I know Lukaku. Lukaku's a difficult one because they're very different players. There is that. And I don't think he was genuinely attainable just because of the yeah the fee and the, carry the agents on. behind the scenes. Exactly, stuff, the, so. the carry-on of Raiola and Mourinho's little arrangement, mm. shall we say. Um, it's difficult with Lukaku for me because I, I, I think he's great and I think he could get even better, which is you know quite a scary prospect really because he was outstanding at times last season. But I, I guess it's kind of one of those where I look at it and think yes he's Premier League proven but I still look at him as a striker and think he's he's been in this division now for so many years and for someone okay that did score a shed load of goals last season I still feel like there are so many kind of rough edges to his game and it could well be that Lacazette's going to have have that here I, I think I think the biggest kind of worry for me with Lacazette is the, is the physical demands of this league and, and being able to be at it for 90 minutes against teams Forgive the cliche, but you know, an away trip to Stoke City. Thankfully, that's in. I think that's in August this season, which is which is nice. It's the second game, isn't it? Yeah, so it it shouldn't be. Although it is wintry and just about every day of the year in Stoke, so yeah. So God knows, but but that's what you know what I mean. Like Lacazette, mm. I, I I think for him to to come here, it's gonna be it is gonna be a completely different ball game to league, and I think the the physical toll for me is the only question mark. I I have no worries about him scoring goals because I think when you've got players like you know hopefully Urzo and Sanchez around him potentially Thomas Lamar too I think Arsenal have got so many players that can create those openings for him and his, his chance you know his conversion rate's brilliant I, I think something to keep in mind though with regard to that is take a look at his goals and you'll see everyone's sharing those goals compilations in quite a lot of them he gets a lot of space and not because he's created that space, but just because the quality of defending isn't there. Well, the, the he, he's got the nickname Penalzette, which is to me is a weird nickname, frankly. But yeah, there you go. The, that's the, I've seen, uh, I've seen he, him described as the French Darren Bent as well. I don't know if, <laughs> if that's actual. Oh, oh, that that sounds very harsh <laughs> and slightly worrying. Well, but, uh, I, I've the you mentioned there the last time Arsenal signed a striker that you really thought this guy's going to go and get goals for us straight away. I was trying to think of it. Say the last one that we did sign, who I had that feeling was either Jose Reyes or before him Davor Suker. Wow, was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a signing where you genuinely think I'm actually quite excited, you know? Yeah, but Davor Suker and Jose yeah, Antonio yeah. Reyes. Well, I, I'm going to defend Jose Antonio Reyes here. I, I I thought he was a fantastic signing, and it, it Gary Neville ruined it. Gary Neville ruined everything. <laughs> As he um, does with everything. For Reyes. But, but, but you know my point, though. So yeah, you, absolutely. When we sign strikers, when we've signed strikers like Adebayor, Eduardo, Giroud, they've There's always been, been question mark, yeah. they've always been the, the lower than 15 million mark and the, they've been a bit of a gamble. But when, you, when you're paying more than 50 million, you're expecting, you know, to, to, to final, the end product, really, on the so, finished article. Do we think, particularly if they go out and, and buy Thomas Lamar, who seems to be their, their kind of their top target now for the remainder of the transfer window, 
Do you think if they go out and buy those two players, that signals the end for Sanchez? Or do you see a way in which Arsenal hold on to Sanchez, Giroud, when they've got, you know, Lacazette and Lamar coming in? Well, Sanchez is the one, isn't it? I'm quite naturally pessimistic just because I've seen what happens at Arsenal over the last couple of years. I just feel like if if we're signing players who on the face of it are going to massively strengthen the squad, it just feels like there needs to be some sort of outgoing to balance it. It's just the way it's always been. I remember we signed Giroud, Cazorla, Podolski in that summer and we thought, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll be great with Van Persie. But you just knew that really they were to replace Van Persie rather than to play with him. Where, where, that, that feels a bit like it this summer. Where do you guys stand on this? the whole debate of should he be sold for a, a sum? Whether that's, whether that's a sum that the club and or the fans deem acceptable for a player of Alexis' quality or not. Do you, do you sell him for a sum, or do you say, right, you're staying? He's the kind of player that you'd expect to roll up his sleeves and, and get on with it, and not, and not. And in know. a World Cup year as well. Absolutely, there, there's that to factor into it. Do Arsenal take that gamble and hope that by getting Lamar and Lacazette, they can build this star-studded forward line, and you know, be able to mount a Premier League title challenge next season? I'd, I'd take the risk, just because. And keep him. Yeah, I take the risk and I keep him because he's he's 28 now. When it comes to the end of his contract, he'll be 29, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of when he's at his peak, that is quite a big difference. He'll be coming to the end of his peak. And if he can be a part of a team with Lacazette and that is firing properly and wins a title, suddenly things are going to change. And like you said, he does seem like the kind of guy who... He, he'll be pissed off that he's not playing or that he's not getting his transfer but he'll play he's not going to you know he always gives 100% when he's on the pitch and I don't think he'd be someone who would I don't think he would physically allow himself to drop off even if he wanted to give less than 100% I don't think he would be able to do it he's too competitive and he, if he does if he does start acting up you can just drop him and as you say, in a World Cup year, yeah. it's something that Arsenal have tried to use as a bit of a, a bargaining tool with Mbappe. Obviously, it looks as if Mbappe is very much on the back burner now, given the Lacazette signing. Um, but the idea of, of first team football in a world in a World Cup year does that have the opposite effect for Giroud then, Andy? And that's it. Do, do you think he will stay and fight for his place? Because you look at you look at it, and on paper. If they stick with the same formation they've had, you would say it's going to be Lacazette as a, as a lone striker with a couple of players off him. Yeah. Can you really see him sticking around? Yeah, I mean, all the noises lately seem to suggest that he he will stay and fight for his place. If, if I was him, I would personally just probably go somewhere where he could be guaranteed first team football every week because I don't think... Especially because if he, if he can't get in the Arsenal starting team ahead of Lacazette... Mm. He's not getting on the French starting team ahead of Lacazette. But then there's been this weird thing with Deschamps and Lacazette where he's he kind of not quite had that trust for him. And and, yeah. and a lot of Arsenal fans have almost used it as a bit of a stick to beat Lacazette with before he's even arrived. I personally don't buy that whatsoever, that whole kind of beneath him in the pecking order. Because when you've got a pecking order that included Andre Pierre Gignac for <laughs> the Euro 2016, I think... You can't say Deschamps not without his flaws as a manager. 
So yeah, it's more of a coach preference, isn't it? I think yeah. he, apparently he feels like Giroud's a bit of foil for Griezmann. For Griezmann, which yeah. he's trying to build his team around. I, I don't disagree with that, but I also think it's going to be very hard to justify that to the French fans in particular, who are sort of the Arsenal fans of national teams. But they, but interestingly, I, I was at the Euros last summer and I couldn't believe the vitriol that Giroud was subjected to at times by the. It's almost worse than the, some of the treatment he gets from Arsenal fans. In that, well, it's, it's a higher class. <laughs> he he just seems like wherever he goes, he just cannot win over fans at all. He's just an easy target, isn't he? An easy scapegoat. But um, nah, I, I mean, like I say, I, if I was him, I'd there's offers from like Marseille and West Ham. Still got a slight interest in him, but doesn't look like he's going to. Would go you there. keep him though? Do you think? Oh, I would. I mean, I'd I'd want to keep him. He proved last him. year that yeah. he's a great substitute. Yeah. And. He kind of shot himself in the foot slightly because he plays so well in those final 20 minutes when everyone's tired and he can throw himself about physically and everyone is that little bit slower so the game is better suited to him. Whereas if he's playing the first set, it, it feels like a waste to use him in the first 70 minutes at all because <laughs> it doesn't suit him at all mm. to be in the first hour to 70 yeah. minutes. Bring him on the last 20 and he'll probably get a goal. Yeah. Which is what he did last season and... Personally, I would love to have him backing up Lacazette. So when it gets to the 70th minute, you can suddenly change everything up. The dynamic completely, yeah. Completely, just like... <laughs> and with the so amount of games we're going to have next year, yeah. Europa League and, you know, you, but you, but Imagine chasing around someone like Lacazette and, you know, Sanchez for 70 minutes. You're absolutely knackered. And then Giroud comes on and just starts pushing you over. <laughs> yeah. No, we'd be weakening our squad massively if we, if we let him go but yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with him really but I'd, I'd definitely keep him ok uh, slight predictions do you, who, do you think Sanchez and Giroud will both stay do you think one will go and if so which of them will go or do you think both well, will go like I said earlier just being naturally pessimistic about things Arsenal sometimes I, I feel like Sanchez will probably go but late in the window uh, and I think we'll keep Giroud but I, 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 think, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope keep both. I think Drew will stay because he wants to. Yeah. And I don't think the club want to get rid of him. So I think that's the key for me. You look at West Ham and Everton and think it's almost a weird one for Giroud and that you, you kind of feel like, okay, he's going to be beneath Lacazette. But if he goes to an Everton or a West Ham, he's almost going to be like the, the headline actor, either, particularly West Ham if he went there. Yeah. I feel like he's in this kind of impossible position where he's kind of too good for the teams beneath Arsenal that probably want him, but is almost not quite good enough to to start. So I, I think if, I think if Giroud arrived at Arsenal in the situation that he's he's in now, where he he is a backup, if he arrived as a backup and was only playing the last twenty minutes of every game, I think within three months you'd have people saying, "Why isn't he starting?" Because <laughs> He does so well in those final 20. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we should definitely hold on to him. I think Alexis is gone. His head appears to be elsewhere. He appears to be making all these crazy demands of 400,000 a week. Yeah. Because he basically just wants to leave but alleviate himself of any sort of responsibility and say, oh, well, I, I made, I said what I wanted and they didn't match my offer. So he has 400,000 a week. Yeah. I don't think he wants to play in Europe League, to be honest. I think everything not. about him is. He's scared. I think last season was. A, yeah, 
Is I'd that... be scared of getting crunched by a Maccabi Tel Aviv <laughs> right back as well, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah. I think, like, you know, last season was probably a massive blow, not just for fans, but also for him, I think, on a personal level. Yeah, well, you've, you've got to remember that, that he's supposed to be at his peak and he was just dragging that Arsenal team for two months by himself. Yeah. We have, we've amazingly already reached the 15-minute stage, so I will <laughs> very quickly move on to um, pre-season tour. Um, Arsenal announced a squad last night, a 25-man travelling party, which includes both Lacazette and Giroud. So an opportunity perhaps to, for Wenger even to try them out alongside each other during pre-season. Or Alexis, for Giroud to sabotage Lacazette. There we go, there we go, Kev. There, there's the eternal optimist in <laughs> Olivier Giroud and the eternal pessimist in Alexander Lacazette speaking there. Um, but Lacazette's gone, Giroud's gone. Lots of young players in there, but also some pretty notable absentees. I think Wojciech Szczesny is the one that Arsenal fans have kind of been reacting to most. Um, he's not in the squad. Ospina is still there. There were rumours that he might go, but like a bad smell, he just he sticks around. Um, <laughs> like the bad smell on a dustbin. <laughs> dustbin Dave is still there. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Petr Cech, David Ospina, Emi Martinez... Damian Martinez, whatever you want to call him, Kev. Um, those three seem to be the established trio at Arsenal now. Um, Chesney's had a brilliant season at Roma, but just can't get looking. I know you already feel like this is potentially maddening for him to, to leave, particularly at the kind of fee that Juventus are proposing as well. What do you both think? Do you, do you, do you think Ospina should go and Chesney should come in? How? What? What do you think... It, of, it feels it. like Wenger's already made his decision. It feels like he's yeah. settling for Czech to be number one next year with Martinez as the backup. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like if Arsenal were wanted to keep Chesney at all, they wouldn't even discuss with Juventus when Juventus come in with a seven million euro offer. Yeah. That would be the that would be the beginning and the end of the negotiations. It's the derisory offer, in my mind. Yeah, but Arsenal clearly want to get rid of Chesney. Which I that it's got to be something personal. It does feel like something. It, there's been a little, a few bridges burned with Wenger and Chesney. I think maybe that thing with Southampton a couple of years ago, yeah. smoking in the chair. Ever since then, and then you know he's been loaned out a couple of times. It just feels like he's at that point now where there's no return. Um, what I, I think what Wenger I, does like rate him as a talent. I just think with Czech there, there's there's a big obstacle. But do you, in front do of you think with Czech now, there were signs last season, I mean he had a great end to the season it mm. should be added, but there were little hints here and there that perhaps he is no longer the kind of assured number one goalkeeper that, we, that we've that we known him as at Chelsea for so many years and oh, yeah, his, his initial, yeah. you know, his first season at Arsenal he came in and, and really proved himself. Um, do you think they're kind of laying out the plans to go big for a goalkeeper next summer? Jack Butland's been one name that's been linked. Obviously, Jordan Pickford was linked, but he's gone to Everton now. Do you think maybe next summer's possibly when they might? Yeah, I think there's definitely that, real, that situation. Yeah, there's definitely realization that Czech's not going to go on forever. He's not. He's not youngest anyway, is he? But he's 35 now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Martinez. Well, I mean, could you see? He's it? done okay in the, in the few games he played. You know, last year you know, he started at Palace, which wasn't. The best game for a goalkeeper. But I, I thought Oops. of all the players that night. And yeah. it's not really saying. Yeah, he, oh, he was okay. Wasn't saying a lot. You were there. Actually, yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he was okay. He was pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but apart from giving away that penalty. Lost <laughs> 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 over that. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's no way back for Chesney. I, I think, um, like you say, I think there's going to be a new long-term replacement who they're probably looking at now. They're probably the, scouting some replacements. There's a really good uh, goalkeeper who's kind of entering his prime years who Arsenal should look at. He plays for Roma. His name's Wojciech Chesney. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I've never heard of him. I don't get the, the idea that they need to build for the future, so let's get rid of Chesney. What, how old is he? Twenty seven. Yeah, he is. He's perfect age. He's yeah. exactly what you want. And Martinez must be doing something incredible in training <laughs> for Wenger to have this much faith in him. The weird thing for me though is if he goes to Juventus, surely he'll be on the bench next year most most of the time. Yeah, behind behind Buffon, so, who they want him to replace. Yeah, apparently, well, but so is he? Is he willing to wait? It sounds like he's willing just to wait a couple of years on the bench over there. So. Some some other notable absentees, including uh, Kieran Gibbs, Matthew Debussy, Jen- Carl Jenkinson. In fact, both Debussy and Jenkinson are going. Well, it, would, it would appear that they're going. In my mind, maybe suggest that Maitland Niles might be given a few more opportunities at right back. Obviously, Wenger played Gabriel when they played a flat back four. It's kind of been blurred a little bit by the new formation and that Oxay Chamberlain's played there, but. If he goes, then Bellerin's the only real kind of option in that area now. So, do you, do you think that's potentially yeah. that right side of defence is yeah. slightly vulnerable? Callum Chambers obviously is coming back and and can play there, but I I don't think many would want him to play there. Well, um, Chambers, if he does play, is more of a right back than a wing yeah, back. Of course, that that's the problem. I think Arsenal have got is Bellerin's the only one again Gabriel you're not going to play him as a right wing back no. Maitland-Niles I don't think you necessarily I think he's got the athleticism to play there but I don't think he's got he, enough attacking quality to yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't feel like a wing back no well I mean Oxlade-Chamberlain is the, the name you haven't mentioned <laughs> whether he's staying or not but he's well, I, he's I, basically Bellerin's backup at that position isn't he I, I ahead think, of him maybe. I think he may yet prove to be the most crucial round of negotiations Arsenal have this summer because I look at the central midfield at the moment and I still feel I mean there have been some suggestions and I'm not this is me watching Thomas Lamar only in the Champions League and not frequently in League One I'll admit that but when I have watched him for Monaco he looks like a player that likes getting wide taking on a fullback which is something I think Arsenal need think that kind of that direct wide option which Oxide Chamberlain is effectively but there's some suggestions that he might play in a, in a central role if he came here possibly a, you know a, an, an heir to Santi Cazorla given his injury problems I still feel and I know I've spoken about Charlie uh, spoken to Charlie about this quite often I still feel like they're a body light in central midfield I think if Jacques or Ramsey get an injury a significant injury and with Ramsey that could well happen Yeah, I think to then look, be looking at Francis Coquelin or Mohamed Elneny if Arsenal have serious aspirations of going for a title that would worry me and I think Oxlade-Chamberlain arguably outperformed Bellerin in the right wing back role you'd have to expect Bellerin a, a, would be the first choice but to have that option in the centre and midfield as well and he fits, for me, fits either of those two positions off the main striker. I, I just think, I, I think he, if Arsenal let him go, it will be one of the biggest mistakes they've made in years. 
especially given I think given the patience that Wenger's had with him over the years of developing him obviously we signed him at such a young age from Southampton what was he 18 or something so it'd be a, I think it'd be a blow to Wenger personally to be honest because obviously he wants to keep him but I mean there's been talk of Chamberlain's agent playing games in the media and touting around to Liverpool and that sort of thing but if we lose him yeah we're definitely losing we're losing a, a versatile player who's definitely handy to have in the squad so would be a blow, especially if, if you lose him to Liverpool. Some, if if Arsenal lose Chamberlain because he wants to play in the centre of midfield, then I think Wenger's only got himself to blame because he's been saying for years that he wants to do that, as if it's out of his control. But he's been saying it for so long, and he's played in the centre of midfield for short stints. He's done very well there. He did it at the start of this year. That game, the Southampton game in the FA Cup, he was phenomenal. So, I... I think Arsenal have invested too much in him to just let him walk. You'd, you'd I, like to hope so. I, I'd, I'd hate to see him leave. I really would. Someone who looks determined to leave and, and kind of looks in inevitabilities is Lucas Perez. What, what do, I personally feel like he's not necessarily had a fair crack of the whip. I might be alone in thinking that. No. I, and I, 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 I feel yeah. like there's a bit of a divide amongst Arsenal fans on him because I think a lot of kind of said why is he why is he not been given the opportunity and, and, and others have kind of gone well there must be a reason why he's not been given the opportunity I feel like Perez is basically Podolsky without the good attitude the Podolsky but because I don't mean to say Perez has a bad attitude just Podolsky had the social media front yeah this this massively positive outlook all the time yeah and I think that Perez is again in his late 20s doesn't want to hang around a club that doesn't want him in fairness completely understand that but I don't think he's got a proper crack of the whip in the centre which is where he wants to play he doesn't want to be a winger he didn't look he doesn't no. suit it to that position I mean, I, I mean in the games he did play last year he was you know he's quite impressive if, if you look at his goals he's a handy yeah. which was a massive win yeah. at the time Some, you know the goal at Bournemouth um, that was nice and I think you're right I think I think he has, I'd say I'm, I treat it unfairly, but you know, there's things behind the scenes we probably can see. You know, he's actually in training, that sort of thing. You know, if he does go, good luck to him. You know, but it'd be a shame. It'd be a shame because I, I think when we came, when he came last summer, everyone was quite excited. They thought this is um, this was sort of the the signing that I alluded to earlier when I said that Lacazette is the finisher. I thought yeah. Perez felt like a gamble, and you know, we were excited to see whether he could actually live up to it. And, it's Turns failed. out he's, he's yeah, it's failed. Miserable. Miserable. I think he's going to be someone who, five or six years down the line, you're going to turn on Sky Sports, watch the Premier League years, and he's going to pop up and you go, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot he played for us. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm it's trying to. I'm trying to think of a, 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 an obvious example that comes to my head immediately. I think Stefan Miles. I think, yeah, <laughs> possibly, or, or it's just it's just one of those strange signings. We've we've had a few of those over the years. I think you know, yeah. you, you Partridge Youngs and these sort of things. These left field signings that Wenger just plucks. Again, I was a, I was a Partridge Young. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say fan. I wouldn't say fan. I wouldn't go that strong. Believer. But again, I didn't feel like he necessarily got the opportunities that he deserved. He came in. Scored, I think he scored on his debut. Impressive compilation on YouTube. Absolutely, that you know. He's saying about Lacazette with his impressive comp. Yeah. Anyway, besides the point. Yeah. Um, Good luck, Lucas. 
talking of, talking <laughs> of you're listening long time listening <laughs> <laughs> he's de- almost definitely not listening but good luck if you are Lucas thank you thanks for that yeah. passionate message yeah. Andy there um, <laughs> um, opportunities is the next thing I've got written down on my notepad and I'm mindful that we are fast approaching the half hour point so we'll keep this fairly brief but just wanted to touch on some of the youngsters that have been involved that are going to be involved on tour some really big opportunities for me in my opinion I think Christian Bielik's probably the the one that I would say has got a real chance of, of you know Putting a bit of a putting a bit of a statement out there to Wenger, given that Holding and Chambers are obviously involved in the under 21s European Championships, they're not there. Um, Hector Bellerin's obviously was obviously involved in that as well. He's not there. Mustafi Confederations Cup. Yeah. Gabriel's still injured. Kashani suspended for the first two games of the season. Absolutely, and 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 Kishani has this ongoing Achilles problem. So I would imagine during pre-season, he Wenger's not going to you know try and burn it he's not going to burn him out so you look beyond that and you look at the options and really it's only Mertesacker um, Monreal who's being confirmed as retiring next year so you know that his you know number of games is going to decrease Monreal now looks as if he could be that kind of left sided central option and Kalasnac can play there but I think Wenger will want to see him in that left wing back position so all of a yeah. sudden you look at it and think Felix got you know a possible opening here to make a bit of a um, make a bit of a mark yeah completely I think it's a good chance for him and for Cohen Bramall as well with the way the defence yeah. the defenders that they've brought down to Australia it's a very very limited squad and those guys will be desperate to impress and will be very hungry for it whereas you know um, well Monreal will probably want to impress with Kolasinac arriving but you know, some of the other guys on that tour might just see it as, oh, it's preseason. Here we go. Yeah. Whereas you saw a few years ago, Aaron Ramsey had a phenomenal preseason, and he brought that with him into the season, and he had that purple patch where he just kept scoring. So, I'm not expecting Bielik to score <laughs> a lot of goals, but uh, if he if he can run up some good form, he's got a very good chance of starting the opening day of the season with with all of those guys getting a bit of extra time to rest after their tournaments with Gabriel still out injured and with Koscielny suspended so it'll be interesting to see because we saw at the start of the last season uh, it was Chambers and Holding were the starting centre-backs on the first day which I think in July nobody would have really predicted mainly yeah. because nobody knew who Holding was but yeah I think that they, they do now they, they do now <laughs> they sing a song every day <laughs> No, I think I think Bielik has a very good chance. I think Brahma has a good chance based just on the fact that Monreal will probably have to fill in at centre-back too. So I think depending on where Monreal goes, it's going to give one or the other a chance. It's been a pretty whirlwind six months for Colin Brahma, wasn't it? Yeah. From, from and... Bentley factory worker in, um, just... in Cheshire, Staffordshire, yeah. to being on tour with the likes of Lacazette. I, I mean... It, he, he, by all accounts, people at the club seem to think he's quite a level-headed individual, someone that's not allowing this to to get to get to his head. But I mean, yeah. this is this is a phenomenal. Yeah, it is. And I, I think Wenger will want to sort of just see how they settle in alongside the first teamers. I think is probably planning to use quite a few of them in the Europa League this year. Yep. Um, so I think it's a really good opportunity for 
the likes of Bramall and, and Willock and, and Bielik to sort of, yeah, like I say, just bed in alongside those first team players because I think they will get some minutes in the Europa League this year, especially given the fixtures at Arsenal, they're opening fixtures, so like the, the Europa League fixtures always fall right before an away game yeah. in the league, so I think they definitely have to rotate this year in Europe. So other than Bielik and Bramall, we've got Joe Willock, who's the younger brother of Chris Willock, who's gone to Benfica now, mm-hmm. Eddie and Katia, who's had a phenomenal 2016-17 season, mm-hmm. plenty of goals. Um, Reese Nelson, uh, come on to him in a minute. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, already spoken a little bit about him, but we'll speak a bit more in a sec. And, uh, and Daniel Marlin as well, who has been scoring freely um, for the Arsenal under-23s as well. So um, just wanted to touch on Nelson and Maitland-Niles, though. Wenger, actually in an in-house interview last month, was commenting, suggesting that these two are probably the most advanced of... And Nelson's still quite young. I think he's only 17 still, Nelson. Yeah. So I, th- I think the big problem he might face, in, whereas with Maitland-Niles, has that versatility and that kind of athleticism to perform in different roles. Nelson looks very much like the diminutive playmaker type who wants to play in the number 10 role. And there's quite a bit of competition there. But... Fenger's comments on him last month and, and the inclusion of him, I think that's you know it's going to be so significant for these players. They will feel like when they go back to the under-18s, under-23s, that they are kind of almost the leader of the pack, I guess. Now, yeah, I mean, this, this is what the squad, this is what the club want. That they, they want to take these players away in pre-season and give them the experience of playing in big stadiums in front of big crowds and um, and obviously with the, with the fellow first teamers. So hopefully they can come back. And kick on in in the uh, the under eighteen league, and whether they get step up to the under twenty threes or not this season or not, that'll be interesting to see as well. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully you should, you just want to see one of them make it into the first team, essentially, don't you? You know, to be the next uh, Bellerin or um, I can't remember who won before that, probably Wilshire. So you know, well, that's the thing I was going to say to you. Just the, su- the supply line's sort of dried up for the last couple of years, and you're just hoping that one of these guys will will make make the big step up. I think. Iwobi oh, sorry, and, and Wobi, obviously in, in 15-16 but to me he suffered a bit of a regressive season last year it just for whatever reason it did not seem to work out for him and I think this tour for him as well is a, is a it's going to be a big few weeks for him because he needs to he needs to put out a bit of a statement when it's you a big season for him when you think yeah. about Lamar possibly arriving mm-hmm. we don't know about Sanchez at this moment in time whether he's going to stay at Ozil playing in there Oxley chamberlains an option in there Walcott there is Walcott. Let's not forget Theo Walcott. Forgotten man. Come there on. are so many options in there that he could be cast aside a little bit unless he goes out and makes a statement. I think this season's important for Arsenal and their youth system because last season felt to me like a bit of a backward step. And Rob Holden was the only young player that sort of emerged, if you like, that Arsenal fans were really able to kind of. Well, he he, take he was from. bought during the summer though from Bolton. Exactly. That's what I mean. It he. He was the only young player to emerge, and yet he wasn't one of our products. You, you go back to Iwobi, and I think that was the problem. I think possibly too much was expected of Iwobi heading into last season. And I think that the you know number of games that he played, the kind of the pressure on his shoulders, I think it got to him. Yeah, I, I don't think he had a bad season. I think he had a good first half, and then he dipped after that, when the whole team dipped around him. So I don't yeah. blame him for that. You see, there's this kind of phenomenon in the NFL and American football called the rookie war where these young guys 
will start off quite strong, but as the season goes on, they're not used to performing at this very high physical level for so long, and they just run out of energy and kind of ideas. And I think you see that with footballers a bit sometimes. It's why normally the young guys get brought in in the last two or three months to give them an experience of it, then they have a summer off, and then they have the season. And obviously, Awobi just wasn't quite ready for that yet. He's still very young, and he's still very talented. He is quite similar, uh, funnily enough, to Lamar in that way, that he's a wide player who likes to cut in. Uh, you saw Awobi play in that kind of number 10 role a few times. He did quite well, I thought. So, he, he had a hard end to the season, and he, he definitely faded. But I don't think he had a bad season. I think Wenger needs to sit down and have a chat with him and put his arm around him a bit and say, look, here's what you you were doing in September and October. I want you to remember that you can do that. And we're not giving up on you just because we were spending all this money on these players. Yeah, I think last season will be a good learning curve for him. I think he'll, he'll take that into next season and, and kick on, really. Fantastic. Yeah. So much discussed and yet so much on my pad that we just didn't even get round to. But um, sadly, we'll have to bring the latest episode of 49 Undefeated to a close. But fear not, we will be back with, with more podcasts this week as Charlie touches down um, in Sydney. We'll be bringing you tour diaries every day, um, all the latest from the Arsenal fans that have headed out to Sydney, every Arsene Wenger press conference, every player interview. The kit launch, the away kit launch, um, taking place over there as well. So, so many things to look forward to. And the actual Um, games. And the games, (laughs) yeah. Some actual football. Like, who would have thought it? Um, So, all of that to come at football.london. And as I say, once Charlie's sort of suitably recovered from his jet lag, um, we'll be getting in touch with him and and having a bit of a catch-up, seeing uh, what the vibe is amongst um, the players over there and amongst the coaching staff and the fans too. So... Um, if you've got any questions to ask us um, ahead of recording that podcast later in the week, get in touch with us um, on Twitter or Facebook. Um, Charlie's on Twitter and Facebook too, um, at Charles underscore Watts uh, on Twitter. Um, ask away, fire your questions over, um, transfer-related, non-transfer-related, whatever it is, you ask us and we'll try and answer it. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with another one soon. So. Cheers to Andy and Kev for your appearances today. Cheers, guys. Thanks very um, much. Been good, I think. I think covered a fair bit. <laughs> a fair bit. Not yeah. quite as much as I'd like to cover, but you, we are. You, you have to get home, don't you? This is true. This is true. <laughs> um, and uh, and I say I need to get home. I'm, I, I can't feel bad when Charlie's still in the air after however many hours. Um, uh, if you want to pay for me to fly out to <laughs> on a holiday, I'll do this. And on that note... Um, thanks for joining us for the latest episode as I say please do join us for another later in the week and uh, do fire your questions over um, on social media and keep an eye out on football.london for all the latest Arsenal news thank you goodbye